Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on 97.5 FM KNMO. Again, thanks for joining us. Mike Harbin here with you. In just a second, we'll be joined by Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. I do want to put a little addendum on the Nevada Lady Tigers segment. We just finished up with Head Coach Blake Howarth. We recorded that uh, segment on Tuesday since they did not play last night. And after we did that interview, we got word on a schedule change for the uh, Lady Tigers tomorrow night uh, at El Dorado Springs. It is now just a two-quarter JV game starting at 6. That means the varsity will start start at about 6.45, so our pregame will start at about 6.30 tomorrow night. So if you're headed that way, we'll make sure you know it is just a two-quarter JV game beginning at 6, so varsity's going to be a little bit earlier, which I don't think anybody will really mind <laughs> with the, the holiday weekend upon us. And at this point, unless something changes, looks like the broadcast will be audio only uh, because of the broadcast position we have there at El Dorado Springs. All right, now let's turn our attention to the uh, Tiger basketball program of head coach Sean Gray. And and uh, Sean went uh, towards the back half of the last week. I didn't know if we were going to have a lot of good things to talk about, but uh, certainly uh, started to change on Saturday and then quite the exclamation point last night going into your holiday break. Yeah, Mike, uh, did not um, you know start the Butler tournament last week the way we wanted. Um, ended up in a game Saturday. We ne- didn't necessarily ideally want to be in, but uh, did some good things on Saturday and then really felt like we played our best basketball of the season last night at Harrisonville and a great way uh, to kind of go into the break and a, a good game to build on um, when we get back from Christmas. Yeah, I'm sure it'll put everybody in a good mood as you have your little team gathering. As we speak, as a matter, as this program is airing, you're having your holiday gathering, so I'm sure everybody will be good, in a good mood and have a lot of things to talk about from last night's game. Yeah, uh, traditionally when we're able to get a win going into the break, the guys like to turn on the Nevada Mo TV and, uh, and talk <laughs> That's about... That's pressure, though. Yeah, and they'll talk about... <laughs> They have insight as to what kind of trash talk was going on and and whatnot, and uh, then it's it's always nice. Alumni will come by uh, the the Christmas party as well. So, if you're a Tiger alumni and you're out there listening to that. Uh, Miles Miller invites you over to his house over on Patriot Road. Well, your host tonight, I mean, it was probably part of, and I know we're getting put, putting the car before the horse here, but uh, your host tonight was probably part of the the ordeals at uh, Coach McNeely's house back in the day when they put holes in the walls. He, he probably was. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the, the McNeely twins and all the way up through, I think, I think there's a lot of scars in the McNeely basement that uh, if they could speak would have some good stories to tell. I'm sure Kristen Miller hopes that none of that same stuff happens in her basement tonight. <laughs> well, we hope you have a great time tonight. Let's talk about the ball game against Butler. That started things off last Thursday, at least as far as our week is concerned, uh, since the last time we talked. 53-48 uh, victory for Butler. Heck of a game. Uh, that was uh, just one of those deals where you had the early deficit and had to try to fight your way out of it. Did briefly, but uh, just didn't sustain it. Yeah, Mike, we, we didn't shoot the ball particularly well in that game overall, but uh, I just thought rebounding killed us early on. Um, we gave up 15 points to Butler in that first quarter, and just a lot of that was on second and third shot opportunities. And then they had a heck of a player, um, you know, number four, the Carter Trumbore. He he could do a lot, and he really surprised us with how good he was going left because he's a right-handed player, um, can finish with his right, can shoot with his right, but he hurt us driving to his left hand, which is a little bit atypical. And uh, we didn't adjust to that soon enough. And like you said, gotten a whole fought back. I think we were down 11 maybe at one point, fought back and took a lead, but then just did not uh, – we were not able to get enough stops there late in the fourth quarter to sustain that. Yeah, and there are certain players, and you've had them, that, that maybe don't have great size, but they just know how to rebound. And, and Dylan Davidson for Butler seems to be one of those. Yeah, and that was the scouting report on him was that he's not going to hurt you with the ball in his hands a ton. 
but he gets a lot done. You know, he's six two or six three. Uh, he's not a dominant uh, from a height perspective, but he's he's pretty strong, pretty stout, pretty well put together, and he jumps quick. And his one thing I appreciated about him, his hands were always ready. So whether it's the dump off or the offensive rebound, the ball hit his hands and then was up off the glass quickly, uh, which allowed him to get a lot done. And uh, the good thing is, Mike, we'll see Butler. The first week back, I think it's January 5th maybe, when we see them in Wynn Gymnasium. I'm sure our guys will be very motivated uh, whenever that contest comes around. Yeah, Jack Cheney still continues to score. He had 22 points in, the, in that game. Uh, Bryce Budd did make double figures uh, with 10. He's doing work great getting to the free throw line, which we're going to talk about during the Harrisonville game. Uh, so he still had some scoring, uh, probably not enough well-rounded scoring, I guess, in that game. Yeah, you know, guys – you know, Riddick Shook was not able to to make a three force in that game. He's a guy that really has has asserted himself as a perimeter threat. Uche Umball has been giving us a spark off the bench all season long. He was held scoreless in that game. Um, just some guys that that have have been a spark for us and have done some things were limited. Um, we we did have Jack and Bryce in double figures, and we were able to to see Bryce go to the line and go six for eight. But we were ten of seventeen for the game, and and you get into those late game situations we missed two free throws in the third quarter we missed an and one free throw in the fourth quarter that can be the difference in keeping things a one score game or letting it become two scores and uh, um, luckily our free throw shooting improved last night but uh, that's something we've got to continue um, because it just was not good enough um, through our first nine games of the season. Well, you came back on Saturday, and as you said, you're going to see Butler again on January 5th, so we'll look forward to that again on the court here in Nevada. But uh, on Saturday, a one, a, a one o'clock game uh, against uh, University Academy Charter out of Kansas City, a team that was 1-7 and seven going into that contest. Uh, you pick up the victory, 58-26, and uh, on paper, certainly a team that you, you should have overmatched, and you did. I guess, as we talked about on pregame, the concern, Come around, play a seventh place game on Saturday, uh, you know, in an auxiliary gym that's not the biggest in the world. And so motivation can be a factor, but it didn't seem like that was a problem with your team on Saturday. No, Mike, our guys showed up and, and, and they asserted themselves on the defensive end early, which is what we had talked a lot about. And um, we didn't feel sorry for ourselves. We we created a lot of turnovers, got a lot of deflections, got out and ran. And uh, I just thought that was a game just as the game got a went along we continue to get better and better and sometimes in a game once you have it in hand complacency can set in just a little bit you can just kind of feel like okay we can put this in neutral uh was we were really proud of our guys we didn't do that through the second and third quarters and then we were able to get the game in a position where all 14 guys could get minutes and in some more extended minutes than uh, several of them have seen up until this point yeah, and that's probably a good way to end the week and end the tournament by getting a lot of playing time for people. And uh, Bryce Budd uh, with 19 points. We talked about it on pregame last night at Harrisonville, but uh, Bryce certainly uh, a lightning rod out there for you on the front of your defense and uh, got some transition buckets. Yep, he was able to get turnovers and then convert those, or he was able to pressure guys into throwing passes where his teammates were able to get turnovers, and then he helped to clean that up. And then one thing Bryce has been doing a great job of when he drives, he's been getting to two feet and getting a good, strong balance. Even though he's undersized, Bryce is a really strong kid. So when he gets on balance down there, he can still finish, even against taller people, when he does get to those those two feet. So uh, really good to see him kind of spark us at both ends of the floor. And then 
Um, kind of already said it. We got 14 guys in, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I show 10 guys got in the scoring column, which was really good to see. Absolutely. And, and Bryce will be happy to know I'm no longer writing 5'9 in my book by his name. So 5'10. <laughs> so I got 5'10 in there now. <laughs> so, but uh, uh, but uh, anyway, so Nevada, we want to kind of kind of move on for that one because we want to spend quite a bit of time talking about last night's game because that was a heck of a game. But Nevada ends up finishing seventh place at the Butler tournament and uh, at least finished it on a positive note. And whether or not that uh, kind of led to last night or not, I have no idea, uh, but uh, what an outburst. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw it coming. I don't know if you saw it coming, but 85-65 by far your – well, not by far. You had 75 against Neosho, but um, obviously your season high in points with 85 points, uh, uh, what, 20 or 48 uh, – 46 points second half, uh, just uh, – I don't know what they watched the girls score 56 points in Monday, on Monday night in the first half and thought they had to duplicate. They might have, Mike. I don't know. It was good to see. You mentioned the Harrison – or excuse me, you mentioned the Neosho game. Really, to start the season, we saw a glimpse of what we can look like offensively when multiple guys are are on uh, from the three-point line. And, you know, we knew Harrisonville would throw a 1-3-1 trap at us. Um, and that gave us some problems early in the game, Mike. But really proud of the fact that as the game went along – we got better. We we kind of found ways to attack the zone, um, found ways to exploit things and uh, less turnovers as the quarters went along, especially I thought in the third quarter. I don't know. I haven't seen the stats yet, but really one of our better quarters from a turnover perspective. It's amazing when you don't turn the thing over, you get more possessions, you get more shots up, and uh, <laughs> it seems like more of those things go in. So, yeah, the zone, I think, lent itself – to us finding some gaps and some open shots. And then they went man, and then we had a lead, so that put them in scramble mode a little bit, uh, which allowed more and more. And our guys found the open man. When Jack was hot, we kept finding Jack. When Gabe was hot in the second half, we kept finding him. And then Bryce did his thing like we talked about um, as far as attacking the basket and converting from the free throw line. Well, and you trailed after the first quarter, 15-12. to 12. They get it back up by five and a half, but still, I was a little concerned going into halftime with some of the inside production that Harrisonville was getting, especially Mason Mitchell, uh, Mason Worthley down inside. They were able to get inside, and that was a concern, but that seemed to kind of take care of itself in the second half. Yeah, they're a, you know, they don't have the six 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 seven kids, but they've got a lot of six three six two kids that are broad shouldered, thick, good looking athletes, you know. Uh, like you said, Mitchell Moore, uh, Worthy, uh, 34 Sims off the bench, comes in, 33 Johnson, just bigger kids. And a huge emphasis for us in practice, in our pregame talk, was one and done. We felt like our defense could be pretty good. We could give them some trouble um, defensively if we could rebound the ball. And Mason Mitchell, he had a possession, one possession, where he got three offensive rebounds yeah. himself. I think he had six offensive rebounds at half. We felt like that was the biggest area they were hurting us was on the, on the boards, on the glass. And then they did have a couple nice possessions where we'd like to switch a lot of things on the perimeter and try to use our guard speed outside to bother the passing lanes a little bit. They took advantage of a couple of those switches. You know, they tried to get our smaller guards on some of their bigs. I thought in the second half, my guys just were tougher on the glass. And then when, when the switch did happen, we did a better job of helping our teammate out in those uh, size mismatch situations also. Well, I was convinced that the, the rims were just bigger and debated the way everybody's been shooting threes this week. The girls had 14 on Monday night. Your JV in the game prior to that against the Hume Varsity was raining in threes. But uh, on the road at Harrisonville, you had 12 threes last night. So the three ball is just working for everybody right now. Well, we commented on <laughs> Harrisonville's rims that, you know, when the ball hit them and that they just – 
rattled and bounced and were pretty soft. Like there's been a lot of dunking mm-hmm. and hanging on the rim. So none of our guys, our, our guys, every one of them was a pure three. Yeah. But I say that a little bit tongue in cheek. <laughs> but Harrisonville did have a couple threes last night that I thought were absolute bricks that rattled mm-hmm. up and fell back in. So, you know, there's some nights, Mike, where it just seems like when it leaves your hand, it's going in. Uh, anyone that's played can remember those nights where just it just felt right. And luckily for us, we had multiple guys that felt that way last night. Well, Jack Cheney, one of those, 32 points, five trays in the second quarter of play. Uh, he had 32, a career night for Gabe Smith with 17, his career high. And then Bryce uh, picked up 20 more, 21 more. And that was 12 of 14 from the free throw line. Uh, that was a big part of that. But uh, big, big contributions offensively last night. Yeah, a lot of guys um, – we, you know, I don't know. We didn't even make a three in the first quarter, Mike. And then mm-hmm. to have thirteen and three quarters, I thought was was pretty impressive. And it just it just went back to us figuring out how to break that zone pressure, that zone trap. Once we kind of quote unquote figured that out, guys got open, and Jack was feeling it. And you know, several of those were just your good basic catch and shoot threes. But then once he had made a couple, he had a couple heat checks from pretty deep, um, and he just shows that that he's just a really great athlete with a complete arsenal of ways to score the ball. Showed in the fourth quarter he could also get to the the, the free throw line. And Gabe Smith, we know, is a, a good three-point shooter. Probably hasn't shot it the way he would like to up until this point. Um, but, man, when he's on balance and his feet are set, it looks good coming out of his hand every time. I think I misquoted last night when I talked to you know the Globe and Somo Sports that he had four threes. He actually had five threes on the night, and he got involved in the second quarter. It was good to see Mason Majors throw one in for us. We really want Mason to be that guy when he comes in off the bench that can be a spark, that can knock down a couple open shots. Sometimes someone comes in off the bench, and they might not be on a scouting report or may not get the same attention. Man, he has shown us at the JV level, Mike, his last two JV games, I don't know how many threes he's, he's yeah. got, but it's it, through the two games, it's double-digit threes and and uh, you know probably close to to forty plus points in those two JV games. Um, so he can be that spark for us. I think it's just a matter of not feeling any added pressure at the varsity level, just mm. playing his game. Uh, so that was a big spark in the second, and then it just continued. You, you, you kind of worry, well, maybe at halftime we'll cool off just continued into the second half. Well, and the free throw line hasn't exactly been your friend. Uh, 56.7% uh, as a team going in. I knew you want that percentage much higher than that. But, uh, again, it was just kind of the, the way the night went. 24-27 from, from the free throw line. And and honestly, it's been kind of a small sample size because I don't, there hasn't been near as – I don't think as, at least just – mentally i'm thinking not near as many free throws in the first several games because i probably because of the new foul rule uh, the five team fouls uh but last night 27 trips 24 makes that's uh, obviously a very good night it is that we don't always look at our stats after every game as a team we as coaches look at them and assess it obviously the guys have access to them they can look at them but we made it a point after the butler tournament i printed off the stats and i just highlighted some things and we post our practice plan every day and Monday we just had the stats up and some things highlighted and one of the biggest things on there was our free throw percentage the attempts which you've alluded to has a little bit to do with the bonus Mm. rule now Um, but then also the percentage that's just not what our standard is and it's not like we've got a bunch of the shack types out here that just Mm. can't shoot them we've got guys who are very capable shooters who are better free throw shooters than they've shown and there's things in practice we we work on pressure free throw shooting in practice 
we've mixed a couple things up. Instead of just going to the line and shooting two and then running for your misses or the team running for your misses, we did a thing where uh, it's it's shoot until you make one and then shoot until you miss one. Try to get in that groove and that rhythm, see how many you can make in a row. Uh, just trying to, to, to change our mojo at the line a little bit. And, you know, we did not miss a free throw in the first half, only missed one free throw in the third quarter. And then when they started really having to foul, we were pretty good and, and missed two more in the fourth. But really nice to see. And it's funny, when you get that confidence at the free throw line, then it just continues. I mean, it can it can, it can work both ways. But it, these guys, the confidence that a lot of them should have now after last night hopefully carries over into the second half of the season. And we've talked about this on a couple of occasions already, but in case somebody has missed it, or I just want to hear it again. Big game last night in regards to Class 4, District 13. Had to have a matchup. You got another one just out of the first year with Clinton. So anytime you get those wins, uh, they're very valuable. They are. You know, in a six-team district, the top two seeds get a bye. Um, if you can get yourself on the other side of the one, so if you can be that two or three seed, that's pretty important so that you can – Maybe try to catch that lightning in a bottle just one night um, if you can. And, and uh, not that, not that uh, Clinton or Pleasant Hill aren't capable of knocking us off because you know those are two district opponents still ahead on our schedule. But looking at what everyone has back, looking at what people have done kind of in this first third of the season, we kind of thought Harrisonville would be that team that would also be able to compete for a top seed. I think St. Michael's has established themselves at the top. Um, but this was a big win because – assuming we're able to take care of business against Clinton and P. Hill. And now we can really fight for that first round bye when the postseason rolls around. Yeah, and if you do see Harrisonville again uh, in the district tournament, I'm going to anticipate a pretty good dogfight there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the game ended up being 20, Mike. You can't bank on shooting it as well as we shot it. They had to foul, and we've converted free throws. You know, that that's a, that's a game that could have been nip and tuck all the way down to the wire like we saw in the first half um, of play. So – we were able to kind of squeeze things out at the end and extend it. Um, but if we see them again, I, I'm sure that they'll be kind of frothing at the bit, ready to, to have a better showing um, than they showed in the second half last night. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of down action, a lot of physical activity last night. But I have to admit, when I was watching the JV game last night, I was concerned we we're going to be there for about four hours in the varsity game last night. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, it, you know, there were a lot of fouls, but they were legit. And apparently Harrisonville must have the world's best uh, uh, referees because everybody stands knows apparently all the rules. But, uh, uh, but I was a little concerned about it. But while it was a physical game, it didn't get out of hand, which I thought was key yeah you know both teams i think pride themselves on being tough getting on the floor you know being scrappy and you know the officials just have to to call things because if, if the officials don't blow the whistle teams are just going to become more and more physical as the game goes along and we don't want it to turn into anything silly at that point harrisonville's got good young their freshman team was outstanding mm -hmm. and then several of those freshmen played in the jv game which was a good game that our guys were able to pull out in the end but uh yeah, and then in the varsity game, things were physical, Mike, and Harrisonville had a bench warning. Uh, they had a, a foul that I really thought could have been an intentional foul in front of our bench where I don't know how much of the ball was being played. But I thought the officiating staff did a good job of trying to keep things under control and uh, proud of our guys. You know, when you're right on the floor, you hear and see some things. Proud of the fact that our guys carry themselves the right way. We don't speak to officials in an, a derogatory manner. We don't blame officiating for things, or we try real hard not to. Um, <laughs> and then you hear a lot more from the stands than I do. But I, well, you were behind, you were in front of it last night. I could, I could hear, but uh, you, it was you were directly in the line of fire. Coach Penn, 
lives not too far from Harrisonville High School. Yeah. He lives just north of there uh, in the Raymore Peculiar area. And he came down to keep our book for us. Coach Blue didn't make the trip. And he obviously is not in the heat of the battle coaching. He's just keeping the book. He said it was awful. And he, he said those uh, the Harrisonville people behind him uh, just uh, were some of the more obnoxious ones he'd heard. <laughs> Hopefully our Nevada faithful uh, kind of rises above the fray when when things aren't going our way a little better than uh, than the Wildcats did. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting night, but uh, a victorious night for Nevada. And as I told you last night on post game, incredibly entertaining game to watch. Of course, when you win, it makes it easier. But incredibly entertaining game to watch last night. Eighty five sixty five. Nevada gets the holiday break at five and five. Harrisonville falls to seven and four. And I heard their coach uh, he was visiting with some former players last night. They played like eleven. Games in 16 days, something like that. Now they only play like one in the next 20 days. <laughs> it's right. an unbelievably awkward schedule. Yeah, they had their conference tournament, yeah. and then they played Sedalia last night. I think they were in the Summit Christian tournament before that and then played us. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a busy stretch, and I don't know. I'm sure they're just like us, but uh, happy that Christmas break is here because I think it's really good for these guys, especially the number of fall sport and football guys that we had. Mm-hmm. This will be a really nice chance to recharge the batteries. All right, so let's talk about what's ahead because well, not much basketball action uh, for Nevada. Uh, obviously, the Tigers now going into the holiday break, so let's talk about those plans and uh, when you get back at it and uh, get prepared for, although it's not technically the half point of the season, it's unofficially the halfway point of the season. Uh, there's more games in January and February, obviously. but uh, So how do you start to reload and uh, get ready for the stretch run? Yeah, so the first thing we do, Mike, is we'll have our, like we talked about earlier, we'll have our team Christmas party tonight, um, have some fun, and then we'll just we'll go on a break here. Ideally, I've never liked to give them more than three or four days off at a time because then I feel like you really lose a lot of the conditioning and stuff. But with with Christmas falling where it is, and we're going to let them have that Christmas weekend off, and then we'll come back the day after Christmas, and then we'll practice several days in a row after that, and. Uh, we as a coaching staff have evaluated a few big areas that we're just going to focus on every single day. Um, rebounding is one of those things. We're in a little bit undersized team. We can't rebound in spurts. We've got to rebound for four quarters. We've got to have five guys that want to battle on the glass every time a shot goes up. So we'll emphasize that when we get back from Christmas. And then handling pressure, handling pressure that has length on it. We're hopeful that uh, some of our alumni show up and just want to – pop their head into practice and uh, if we can get some open gyms going it may be a situation where we ask the alumni to to get out and pressure us a little bit if they can because practice is great you know if we've got our got our JV bodies out there they do a heck of a job in preparing us but sometimes if you can just get that length and level of athleticism um, to simulate it you can really grow from that and get better so handling that full court pressure handling those traps with length uh, will be another big emphasis for us and then I think just sharpening our tool belt Um, we've got some offensive sets that aren't as sharp as they could be you know I think we're trying to grow in that area and then throw putting a few more arrows in the quiver some wrinkles you know teams will have had obviously 10 games of film now you know they know Mm -hmm. we call a certain play we do this so we line up out of bounds on the baseline we run this play having some counters to those things um, I think will serve as well as some as, as we go into the second half of the season and you know, Clinton's a district opponent. Um, Butler's a, a, a game we'd like to get revenge with. But then a lot of conference games, a lot of big games for us. So having some wrinkles and some things that people haven't seen on film I think will be key for us as well. And and then we'll have to get back in shape because after – we should be in pretty good shape right now after all the games we've played. 
Uh, but with the Christmas break, and uh, I'm sure they'll indulge in the, the holiday treats and the dinners, um, as I will as well, uh, we'll have to get our legs under us so that we're really ready to finish strong uh, for the home stretch of the season. Well, while you all take a break, uh, do you check out any other of uh, the holiday tournaments and uh, blue and gold, uh, Neosho? Do you check out any of that? Yeah, we do. Um, so, you know, I used to coach in the Neosho Holiday Classic mm-hmm. when I was at McDonald County. They usually have a good dunk contest. Love to watch the blue and gold. And I'll, admittedly, Mike, now that you can stream things and it's mm-hmm. eight or ten dollars a lot of times, um, you can sit on your couch and you don't have to get out in the elements and, and go and watch. My wife tells me we will be going to Silver City to see the lights. So if that coincides with a, a good basketball game in Springfield, we might might stop by. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think there is some basketball to be seen because some of the opponents, Lamar, East Newton, some of the teams that, that we'll see fairly early in January, they will play over the break and be a good chance for us to, to get some uh, in-person scouting done. All right, well, we'll look forward to it. Uh, as you said, the Big A West race is going to start shortly after the first of the year as well. Uh, I don't know how much you paid attention. Has anybody surprised you out of the conference yet? Lamar's got a lot of firepower. Um, they beat Seneca. Seneca has a tournament um, in, in early December. Uh, Lamar beat Seneca in that title game. Seneca was the team coming into the year that I think everybody thought had the most back, and they had a deep football run, so I think – I think some of their scores throughout December could be deceiving. I think we'll probably see the real version of them in January when we when we get to see them. Um, but yeah, Lamar's firepower, what Seneca returns, and then Matt County's battled with with some big size and athleticism. So I think those are those are three teams, and with I think Lamar and East Newton are our first two mm-hmm. conference games. So those are kind of the two teams we've got circled right now. All right, look forward to it. We'll talk more about it in a couple of weeks. Uh, again, our next program will be two weeks from tonight on uh, Wednesday, January the 3rd. So, uh, Coach, enjoy your holiday. And, uh, and uh, you know, what were we sitting at this point last year? We're like one in whatever it was. I can't remember, one in nine or one in you eight. You know, I think like we had three wins. Did we have Mike? three wins? Okay. You know, so right. we beat uh, Southside, and then we had the Carl Junction buzzer beater. Yeah. And then uh, we, we, I think we beat Harrisonville yeah. in the same game. So, uh, yeah. we as a coaching staff talked about this same thing, though. You know, we feel like this group has gotten better, and is at a is at a place at the at, at the Christmas break that maybe we weren't quite at a year ago. So, um, and, and it feels like if we continue on this trajectory, if we don't plateau and and keep improving, uh, we can we can really push the ceiling up maybe a little higher than, than people thought we might be able to going into the season. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to the continued progress and uh, happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And uh, we'll see you back at it on January the 2nd. Yep. Merry Christmas to you and yours as well, Mike. And uh, we'll be looking forward to it uh, when we see you after the break. All right. That's Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray. We come back wrestling. The Lady Tigers are 10-0 and in dual competition. And their head coach, Jared Alexander, joins Ben Aberg after this timeout. And they'll come back and put the wraps on our 2023 editions of Tiger talk out of this time out on 97.5 FM KNMO Double K Country.